Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the podcast, and this is Snap Judgments. Snappy Making Jays. sure that I got it right. Snappy Jays. We thought about it, kicked around the idea. Berm yeah. wanted to call it that. I said, maybe not yet. Maybe we'll get to that point. Can I cast a vote? Yeah. No. Oh, Bill says no. That's Bill Landis. <laughs> right. I'm Austin we'll Ward. keep workshopping. Back, back to camp for the Buckeyes. Day four of practice. Uh, a Monday that they were looking forward to. Paris Johnson said he was excited to get out of bed. Didn't used to have that feeling for training camp. And I don't know that everybody does. Maybe they'll feel differently in two weeks. But the offensive line was the focus. So now I will just hand over the show <laughs> to our resident expert in the trenches, Bill Landis. Austin well, and I are going to take off. So. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. We'll see you guys later. We'll see you guys later. You guys have, you know, you have thoughts, thoughts? on the offensive yeah. line as well. well we do. I don't want to dominate the conversation. I, I, I will say the thing, the thing that's front of mind for me, and I was sort of wondering if it's front of mind for them, is something that Ryan Day has talked about really like since January. And that is like this team needs to have a different way about it when it wants to run the football. Um, they were excellent in pass protection last year. I don't have much of a reason to believe they won't be again this year with the guys I have up there. But I want to know if they can knock people back when it's time to knock people back. And I think that's maybe the one thing that sort of held the offense back last year was their inability to do that in their biggest games. And it does seem like from Justin Fry on down, that is their focus. Justin Fry talked about it in the spring and he talked about it again today. He wants an offensive line that opponents feel a presence about them, a nastiness about them that just frankly wasn't apparent last year. And and it feels like they're building toward that now. It also feels like it's a group that doesn't appreciate the belief and or like the notion that they weren't very good a year ago. Sure. You know, uh, Luke Whipler mentioned they, they had the, they rushed for more yards per carry than any team in the country a year ago. And yet people are like, ah, but you couldn't get those two yards when you need it. And, and both but things, both things can no? be true. Both yeah, things right, can yeah. be true. That's how the, that's how they're evaluated. Right. I mean, that's the standard. Both, both things can be true. They, but I don't think anyone in this room is going to argue that they could have been more dominant, more assertive. But they still want people to say it wasn't a, a huge leap that needed to be made. It was a small <laughs> adjustment. And, and and Luke said, you know, we can make a play 100 times. People don't think about the 99 times we did it right. And, and I'm like, welcome to Ohio State football. Like, <laughs> that's life here, right? Yeah. I mean, that's life in the big city. Oh, we're dropping on urbanism. There, there. you go. Uh, that, I mean, that's sort of the way it goes. If you want to compete for championships and play uh, where the air is rare, you don't. Is Urban here? <laughs> <laughs> then you have to be able to get the air is rare. Third and two. Yeah, it's it's ripe. Third and two, <laughs> uh, in the big house is what you have to get, and that's the lasting memory. You know, we know that they had played other games where they were truly dominant, and there was no stopping them in the red zone. Or uh, Travion Henderson needed to get uh, two yards; he was going to get five. Like that did happen throughout a large majority of the season. Not as Bill uh, to Bill's point when it had to happen. Uh, against Oregon when it had to happen uh, against Michigan. Like, that's Those are the things, and, and I think that also plays to Berm's point, that it's a matter of degree and not kind for Ohio State, that they have the potential to be the best across the board offensive line. But if you're looking at the complete body of work last year, the complete one, then there was obviously room for them to get better. Yeah, and we're not saying anything that Ohio State has not said. Like Kevin Wilson was talking about this in, in the spring and winter as well. And, and I sat in Ryan Day's office in the spring, and I'm trying to ask him about like scheme, and I'm like, is Justin Fry going to you know bring more gap schemes and zone schemes? And, like he doesn't want to talk about that with me because <laughs> honestly, I, maybe they will change things up, but I don't think that's where their headspace is. I think their headspace is when a guy is in front of you, can you knock him back the yard and a half? You got to knock him back to make sure you get that first down. And 
as they were belaboring the point, but in those in those biggest games against the best defenses, it just didn't happen quite to the level that it that it needed to. It doesn't mean they were a terrible offensive line. They were not by any stretch. They were a very good offensive line by by many different measures. But that's one area. If if the, this offense can take a step forward, that's it. And probably if you have to scheme up something for third and two, you're not going to win a national championship. Right. Again, that's what the it all boils down to for Iowa State. Well, it's also a matter of of knowing that you have guys behind your front five that can do it because the offensive line is a position that is it's tough it's it's gonna bring depth into the into the equation and so mm-hmm. today we got a chance to talk to guys we haven't really spoken to before Zen Mahalski number one Josh Fryer number two um, Josh you know is, is obviously coming back from injury Zen is a guy that I talked to him a little bit away from the camera and he said that he had a really rough day today in pass pro and it's just a reminder that this kid's only a year away from high school where he didn't do any pass pro. And sure. so you're still learning a lot of things. And, and you know, he says to, he told me that his biggest thing and a lot of these young guys, the idea is just how do you forget when you have a bad moment? How do you not let one missed assignment become 10 missed assignments? And, you know, that was the conversation I had with Carson Hinsman and, and Tegra Shibola out here hanging out, which I thought was cool. Yeah. In 10 years of, of doing this in this building, I don't think I've ever seen two of the young players come out and just sit and listen with the media and for the duration, not just for a couple minutes. Right. They were out, they weren't joking around. They weren't making fun. They were listening. And I asked Tegra Shibola about it, and I said, "Is this because you want to see what the media says or what your teammates say?" And he's like, "A little bit of both, but they really want to understand how how to be a part of this entire program." And I think sometimes we forget that, especially kids like Carson Hinsman and, and Tegra Shibola, like they just got to campus five weeks ago. They they're mm-hmm. still trying to figure out if they even belong here. Um, apropos of nothing, Carson Hinsman's up to 290. He was at 250 at the All-American game in January. Oh. Uh, Tegra is down to 320 after being at about 350 at the All-American game. So you see how their lives are kind of upside down. Yeah, I think Tegra actually participated or, or gathered more quotes than I did. So I told him that he needed to have his story in in an hour. So look for that. Uh, that'll be coming from him. The other number, if we're talking about weights, is 364. That is what Dewan Jones weighs right this very moment. Uh, that's down about 30 pounds, 35 pounds from when he arrived. Don't remember exactly what they listed him at, but I know it was in the 390 range. Mm-hmm. So, and I talked to him about this before. I talked about it in the spring, and I, we've had people ask about this already. How's he going to handle the speed rush? Well, getting down to 364 is going to help. And then it's a matter of technique and work with Justin Fry beyond that. One thing that he did the other day with Mickey Marotti, they finished up a workout, and they went back into the weight room, and they were doing planks. And I don't know if it was Mickey's idea or, or if it was Dewan Jones or both, but they put a 35-pound plate on his back. And he said, that's what he used to weigh. Like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> like, that's, you know, he still did the plank. It was about 40 seconds. He accomplished that drill. But when you put it in that steel uh, plate for 35 more pounds and then you walk around differently on the practice field or the weight room or anywhere else, I mean, that's going to feel noticeably different. Yeah, I, I kind of say that I love that a guy walks around at 364 and we're like, man, you look really good. Like, I mean, and he does. He looks he looks tremendous. I think there's a seriousness about him this year that maybe, I don't know if it was, wasn't was there, but he didn't really project it, I think, as much as he's projecting it right now. And, and when you, you know, try to get that feedback from the NFL and they tell you that you're not maybe as good as you think you are or as good as you need to be to be drafted where you want to be, something kind of clicks for you. And I think that's that's clicked for Dewan. He's he's a monster in the run game. It's hard not to be when you're as big as he is. But mm-hmm. he's got to be able to beat those premier pass rushers to his spot on the edge. And, and when the handful they played last year, he didn't always do that. And, and it might sound crazy to say that dropping 
like seven to 10 pounds puts you in a much better position, but it does. It, it truly does. And, and I think he feels lighter on his feet. Um, he's a tremendous athlete. So, I, I mean, if this was like kind of the missing piece for him, then, then I think he's looking at big things. And one of the things that um, Zen Mahalski was telling me was that he thinks it's really a unique advantage that these offensive tackles have here because one rep you're going against Jack Sawyer, the next rep it's against Zach Harrison, the next rep it's against JT Tuomaloao, the next rep it's against Javante Jean-Baptiste. Everyone is totally different in their style. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting a almost like a complete library of defensive end moves and, 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 and styles. And I think that that should be something that this group can really grow from. And, and we watched, I mean, gosh, what was it? It was last August when we watched Jack Sawyer out here the first time against Duan Jones. And we were like, Ooh, boy, that is, yeah. that's not going to fare well for Ohio state later in the season. Yeah. And it unfortunately turned it, out to be true. Yeah. And now you hope that a year of, of getting that rep against Jack, against JTT, against Zach, has got all these guys feeling a little bit more confident in their past success. A little bit uh, of an emotionally sad note for Dewan Jones, though, that Terry the Turtle did die what? yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday. So that's why he wasn't, that's at, why he wasn't at hotel check-in. Wow. Justin uh, Fry, and I, I, why would I have asked about a turtle? Well, Justin Fry was supposed to be watching Terry the Turtle. There were not going to be any pets in the hotel this year. Dewan walked in with the big agrarium, aquarium, whatever it was that he had last year uh, with Terry the Turtle. He had him for two years. And uh, went to get him clean up for his trip over to the Fry household, and it went awry. So, mm. R.I.P. I have questions about That's that. Sort of, <laughs> I mean, separation anxiety is a real thing. Terry clearly was concerned about the two weeks away from Dewan and sure. said, "This is enough for me." I R. got R. more. R. I got Terry. more details about that from Dewan, but I will. We won't speak. Uh, R.I.P. Terry. Uh, ill of the do dead. The offensive line does it for Terry this year. I think, yeah, right? they, they might. I mean, yeah. Luke Whipler walked by while I was talking to Juan, and he gave a R.I.P. to Terry. So he was a maybe it's a mascot, maybe it's a rallying cry. Who knows? But again, this is the kind of stuff you're only going to get on the podcast. Can I, can I yeah. tell? Can I tell a uh, what do traumatizing you story that yeah. that reminded me? Yeah. Of? yeah what do you got? Uh, when I was a child, uh, we at the Jersey Shore, you can buy hermit crabs as pets. They don't last very long typically, but we brought them home, and my father was cleaning out their cages. And for some reason, he decided to put the hermit crabs on the windowsill while he cleaned out the cages oh, and the window was open. And those guys just crawled right out the window. And that was the end of those. The hermit call crabs. of freedom. I have a much more traumatizing childhood story about baby animals that I don't know we should share. Yeah, maybe don't. Maybe don't. Well, you're the one that asked for grab ass. It was a lawn mowing incident. Oh, Ooh, no. Was, my, my, my father owned some, a couple of rental properties and I had to go mow the grass at this one. And it was like oh, the grass oh, was like no. to my knees. I'm terrified of where this is going. <laughs> and there was rabbits oh a nest of baby rabbits oh my goodness I heard them scream <laughs> that's <laughs> terrifying it was it was shocking and it still haunts me to this day uh, i heard yeah. over the over the whir of the lawnmower wow yeah i'm a little shake please it was, it, i apologize that. folks i was so shook that i want you all to experience please don't please don't tell liberty that because oh, we have a lot of rabbits in the ward backyard <laughs> and i don't want her to be terrified every time so, i mow the lawn it was so just like it still haunts me to this day that was 30 some years ago and i'm like i can't i'll never forget that sound. the sound of their screams <laughs> that's yeah that's have a great were, day folks. you uh, were lying about that <laughs> I'm telling you, it, was, it was the worst it was one of those one of the worst moments of my childhood great you're glad we could relive it here yeah. Uh, Donovan Jackson. Donovan ja <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about any pet trauma in, in Donovan Jackson. Do we life. have any weird anecdotes to share no. about Mr. Future President yeah. Donovan Jackson? I actually didn't make it over to Donovan, so okay. I don't know if either of you guys what? talked about I was at Paris and Luke and Justin oh. Fry. And Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, he uh, he's 
incredibly uh, thoughtful, well-spoken, great to talk to, insightful, all the all the ways you would describe some of the best. They, Berm has called him a future president. Starting to see why. I didn't uh, obviously talk to him during his recruitment that much, and he wasn't a fixture of press availability last year. But, um, I mean, sharp guy, confident. Uh, you can tell that, you know, the way he carries himself, that there's a lot of, you know, swagger under the surface and then all business at the top. And I think the two people that we've heard the most about when they wrap up uh, wrap up practices, wrap up drills, who's going to go get extra Donovan Jackson and Paris Johnson. Mm-hmm. That left side of the line could be really scary. And I think that Paris is also, Donovan already had that sort of m- mentality and mindset and work ethic. And then seeing Paris do that with his, uh, seriously, as he's taking year three to get ready for the NFL, we assume at the end of the year, I think that's dragging him to another level as well. So big things potentially coming there. If you're asking what the difference is between this offensive line and last year's offensive line. I think it's two guards. It's it's Matt Jones and Donovan Jackson. And it's not just the fact that they're guard bodies. These are guard mentality dudes. They they want to physically hurt people at the point of attack. And that is the – Donovan is one of the nicest kids in this entire building. But I'm telling you what, the minute he steps between the lines, he is probably one of the meanest dudes on the team. Hmm. And, and that's that sort of juxtaposition you have to have if you really want to be a great offensive line. Okay. Yeah, and I think I think just maybe by virtue of their athleticism, maybe compared – like pa- Paris is a really good athlete, and Thayer Munford was good in a lot of ways at guard last year too, but they didn't really ever get that like initial knockback inside that you wanted. And then also I felt like at times they struggled to kind of get up to that next level, which is what happens when this run game, I think really starts to take off. Think back to 2019 yeah. with uh, Wyatt Davis, Jonah Jackson and, and Josh Myers. I, I <laughs> look, looking at the three that they have now, I feel like they can get back to something closer to that. That than five they were yards the down years. the field. Yeah. You get that second block. Yeah. We're, I mean, you, we all have memories probably of watching wavy dub getting seven yards downfield mm-hmm. and then looking for another body after that i mean that, that's what you that's what you're asking for and i you know it's not covering any new ground we've talked about it all off season that you know having two guards they're probably better suited to do that than four tackles out there so uh, makes sense to me yeah i think that that conversation has largely been put to bed because ohio state looks like a traditional offensive line does, right yeah. now how and, about that and uh and a skilled one at that. Learned I'm a lot sorry from about them. the bunny story. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah, it, you uh, wanted to. No, I didn't. I just, it just, it kept brought. It well, that's true. You couldn't have known that I was going to reveal it just that kept, Terry the it Turtle just per- had died. It just bubbled to the surface. And yeah. at that point, I couldn't just stuff it back down. I had to share that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. So it, but... uh, all the best for Dewand. He said he's going to get another turtle. So uh, there'll Good. be another mascot for that offensive line. It was great to talk to them. As always, some of the most uh, insightful people on any football team, the offensive linemen. This has been Snap Judgments on a Monday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That's Bill Landis and Berm. I am Austin Ward. We will see you next time on the podcast.